Hey, welcome back, No Problem Parents. I'm gonna stick with the theme of holistic care, kind of helping all you parents out, getting geared up for the holiday and the Christmas break here in the US. And so today you're gonna to meet Dr. Christy Matusiak, who is also a chiropractor. And she's gonna focus a little bit more today on nutrition, on the importance of self-care and encouraging a healthy nervous system in our kiddos. She's gonna share some tips about eating healthy and how to sneak vegetables into your kid's diet as well as some natural medicine tricks to keep our kids illness free. Dr. Christy Matusiak is a holistically driven chiropractic physician practicing in Wilmette, Illinois with integrated holistic healthcare. She spent over the last decade helping patients overcome autoimmune conditions, digestive issues, hormonal balances, musculoskeletal pain, chronic inflammation, and more. She uses many systems to get a detailed picture of what's going on with each of her patients and focuses on identifying the root cause of these conditions, addressing all areas of health, physical, nutritional, emotional, and energetic. She truly values the patients she serves to help them and their families live a truly happy, healthy, and fulfilled life. Now, as a holistic doc and mom to three boys, Dr. Christie used her personal and professional perspectives to author the book, Coordinating the Chaos, Through Birth and Burnout. In her book, she supports the struggling and overwhelmed postpartum mother and provides holistic tips on maintaining the baby's health. And stay tuned because next year when we release volume two of Raising Your Kiddos with More Confidence and Less Fear, Dr. Christie is going to be one of our authors. We're super excited to have her. Let's get into today's episode. But before we do, I'd like to thank our podcast sponsor today, Deerwood Bank. Deerwood Bank is proud to be a supporter of the No Problem Parenting Podcast. Like many of you, their core values are rooted in trust and loyalty. Recently named Best Small Bank in Minnesota, Deerwood Bank has 12 locations throughout the state. From the metro to the Northland, they are where you need them. From your first savings account to life after retirement, Deerwood Bank has you and your family covered. Deerwood Bank, banking made nice and simple since 1910, member FDIC. Thank you so much for partnering with us and sponsoring the No Problem Parenting Podcast. Jackie Finneman is a 30-year family counselor turned parenting coach with more than 40,000 hours of working with children and families. She is thrilled to share behavioral strategies, supportive resources, and parenting stories from her own real-life, personal, and professional experiences. Parenting is a roller coaster, not a merry-go-round. We can deal with and overcome the behavior challenges within our home and set ourselves and our kids up for a successful ride. Has your roller coaster derailed? No problem. Listen in to get you and your family back on track. So welcome to the show, Christy. Thank you, Jackie. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. Tell us a bit more about your background and your story and what has you so passionate about raising healthy families? Such a big story. So um, I'm a, I'm a chiropractor. I'm a holistic chiropractor and I didn't start out that way. So I've always just naturally been interested in holistic medicine before it was a thing. Like now everyone knows this concept of mind-body medicine. We all know that our mental, emotional health is just as important as our physical health. But when I was starting college, like 20-ish years ago, um, that wasn't as big a thing. People, I majored in biology and psychology and people thought that I was crazy for putting those two together. So apparently I was ahead of my time back then. Um, But when I got into my programs, I started working at Abbott after graduating, which was not fulfilling my desires. And you're going to love this story. So if you are familiar with Abbott Laboratories, it's a big pharmaceutical company. 
mm-hmm. very opposite of what I do now. And there was one moment where I was interviewing for a different position within Abbott because it was a decent job right out of school, but you know, it wasn't what I really wanted to be doing ultimately. And they asked me in this interview, where do you see yourself in five years? And I said, well, really, honestly, in five years, I would love it if I were in a more patient-centered environment where I was really helping prevent illness instead of just treat it with medications and that sort of thing. Ultimately, if we just get healthy, then we won't need medications at the end of the day. And then I realized I was interviewing at a pharmaceutical company. They probably wouldn't like that answer. Right? (laughs) So I didn't get the job, which was fine because I clearly didn't really want the job. Um, but that just, that was a bit more of who I always was and kind of how I serendipitously ended up where I am now. Interestingly enough, they had a huge layoff about a year later and I was one of them and it just kind of perpetuated my already headed into the natural healthcare field. And so I went to chiropractic school and started my journey then. So it's, it's really just, it's always been a part of my passion, my heart, who I am. I always care about who people's health. And shortly after I graduated chiropractic school, my, I found out we were pregnant with my first son. And so it changed my business trajectory a little bit. Uh, but once that happened, it's like, okay, I got, we have to practice what we preach and just keep going the course. I also wrote a book called coordinating in the chaos through birth and burnout. And so this book is really driven towards that early stage postpartum mother gearing towards helping her through the overwhelm and then helping keep the baby healthy in that first year or so of life. And so when I ask answer this question of how we can keep our kids eating healthy and what secrets are there, it starts early. Like it even starts as early as when we're pregnant with them. The foods that we're choosing changes the flavor or that texture, so to speak, of the amniotic fluid that the baby is in that environment for that entire time. So what we're consuming, I mean, I even have a story in the book about when I was pregnant and I went on vacation and we're all human. I would go on vacation. I eat like garbage sometimes. And when I was on vacation, I was doing what I was doing. And I was about six months pregnant and I didn't feel him move for like a day. Mm. And that was a little alarming. And the next day I just made a choice to have some salmon and broccoli instead of the donuts and pizza and pasta that everybody else was having. And within 10 minutes, he was back to moving again. And so Mm. our kids are very perceptive about what's good, what's not good for them if we allow their nervous systems to express that. Mm -hmm. So it starts early. Like what we eat as like pre prenatally speaking, it's important for that. And I always teach, you know, as we're guiding um, in those early days when our kids are first eating their first foods, I have a whole system of how I recommend going about that. So if anyone's listening right now who has young kids, start now. If you're listening and you have older kids like we all do now, it's still never too late to start. And some of those secrets are just really making the choices yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, especially when you have older kids, all we can control is our own actions and our own behavior. Mm -hmm. And if we set the example, if we lead strongly, they're eventually going to pick up on our behaviors and our attitudes and our our, um, perspectives on things. I always say like, if we set a strong foundation, nutritionally speaking in those early days, then, you know, they may go to McDonald's later on when they're out with their friends, they may make some other choices and hopefully they come back to that foundation because then they'll recognize how they feel. Uh, last Halloween, my oldest, they, you know, their kids, they run around the neighborhood and go out and trick or treat. And there was one house that was giving out full-size candy bars. 
and either a water bottle or a juice box. And my oldest son uh, came to me after he went to that house and said, mom, I chose the water instead of the juice box because we're already having enough sugar today. <laughs> oh, see, that's awesome. Yeah, I was, I, my heart like exploded because I was so happy. I was like, so this was last year he was 11. And so I was like, all right, we're, we're doing something right. Yeah. My other two chose the juice box and I was like, all right, well, one out of three is not bad, <laughs> but it's, it's, I feel like it's setting that strong foundation that eventually as they get older and they recognize how their body responds to different things, they're going to make better choices. Right. Right. So some secrets to getting them to eating healthy could be like, well, first of all, I think we should just not be bringing the junk into the home. Not like we have to never bring anything fun, Exactly. (laughs) but to just not, not bring it in the home. If it's not there, you can't have it. And the kids can't have it. There are so many hidden sugars and calories and things and, and processed foods and in those quick, easy go-to meals. And, you know, it's, it's really, but they're fun. They're, they taste good. So what kind of alternatives do you have um, so that we can get some of the healthier stuff into our kids? At the end of the day, sugar, sugar, none of it's good for us, but there are other alternatives. Personally in our house, I, I at least try to stay pretty gluten-free, mostly cow's milk, dairy-free um, and just try really hard to kind of live more paleo style. If you're familiar with that kind of mm-hmm. diet, which is just mostly protein, vegetables, fruits, like just real food. Right. And ultimately, I mean, if we have the time, which of course as busy moms, we don't, but if we have the time, what would be the best thing to do is just have what, eat whatever you want, just cook it yourself. Cause even if we were to make the cookies and cakes and pies and things that are not necessarily healthy, we bake those things ourselves. The ingredient list is maybe five, six items as opposed to 75 if you get right. those things from the store. So those are still some of the things I try to do. Once again, there's also a lot of other healthier mixes out there now. Like for instance, Trader Joe's, I did a bake sale for the kids uh, fall fest last week and I made a pre-mixed Trader Joe almond flour cookie mix and they were great. Nobody had any issues with them. There's so many things that we can do. I mean, I I also feel like nowadays it's even easier to find those kinds of items because most people are looking for them. Um, It doesn't take as much effort anymore. I think about if we're just, if we're bringing the really sugary stuff in, I mean, there's sugars hidden in everything, salad dressings, you know, all kinds of stuff, right? Um, It's not just the typical things that we think about, like with cereal and and juice boxes and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and all of that, but Starting early is a great thing, right? With getting your kids to eat vegetables, but making it a little bit more fun is, you know, a a great way to get them to start. But how do you get your kids to actually eat vegetables? A couple things. One, I've set the expectation that they just do. (laughs) I, I've had a little bit of a joking kind of relationship with my mother-in-law because she told me once that there was a, a whole summer where all my husband would eat was hot dogs. And I, after cringing a little bit, I laughed and said, well, really all you would feed him was hot dogs. I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, we can still, we have an influence over what our kids eat. And I'm, I'm maybe a little bit meaner to my kids than maybe us other parents would be where I say, you know, this is our meal. I'm not going to make other food. You can right. eat it or you don't. Right. Um, but I also give my kids choices. Like I, I don't say, would you like a zucchini or would you like a cookie today? I say, would you like zucchini or asparagus? 
Do you right. want carrots or cucumbers? And giving them the choices so that they have some agency over what they're consuming is helpful because then it puts the power back in their court, of course, mm-hmm. and giving them the choices that we want them to choose from. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's not, I mean, some kids just really are grossed out by other foods, but again, and I've heard, I've heard this story before. My kid will only eat Cheerios or they'll only eat cereal. They won't eat any other foods. My kid will only eat chicken nuggets and French fries. Mm-hmm. Well, they aren't going to starve themselves. It's, you know, so if you yeah. don't have that option and you don't have to get mad at them when right. they're upset about not getting what they want, you can say, I know you really want that. And this is what we're having. Mm-hmm. And then the I've fit a, comes, you know, and they yes. throw the fit and they're doing all the things and you say, I know, I know, I know. And mm-hmm. this is what we're having. And you right. have to ride that out and wait, wait for the screamer to get done. Yeah. I've had a couple patients as kids that literally their diet was all carbs, all sugars, all nothing. And these kids would come in and they'd be having headaches and stomach aches. And I'm like, well, of course, because they're not getting any nutrition. And with those kinds of kids, it's just it's starting small. Like if, if someone who's listening right now really has that stubborn child that they're like, I'm really afraid my kid's going to starve themselves because they're not eating anything else. Start small, say, okay, I just need you to try one bite of everything else that I'm giving you today. One bite, one bite of broccoli, one bite of this. And if you don't like it, we'll try something new tomorrow. And just little by little, I also really like sneaking it into things my kids have gotten so used to it now that they don't need me to sneak it into stuff because they're fine with it. But it's really easy to throw thousands of vegetables in soups. You can even puree it up and they don't know what's in there. Or smoothies are another great tactic that I've used, especially over the summer when it's a little bit cooler. Those are less attractive. Um, but I can literally stuff an entire bag of organic spinach in a blender, pulverize it up with some bananas and other fruit. And it's green. So you call it a Hulk smoothie or whatever you want. But they'll drink it and you don't even taste it at that point when you've got other fruit in there to to mask the spinach. Exactly. So you got to get a little creative. What are some of your, you talk about natural medicine tricks that are going to help keep our kids illness free. So what are some of those? Yeah. So on one hand, so there's two, I want to answer this in two different ways. One on the preventative side of things, we, nobody wants our kids to ever get sick with anything. So I'll give my kids elderberry syrup, pretty much regularly, especially over the seasons where it's more, they're more likely to get sick. Other different multivitamins, vitamin D, of course, is an important one, vitamin C. There's also a homeopathic medicine called oscillococcinum. I can spell it for you if people are like, what the heck was that? It's O-S-C-I-L-L-O-C-O-C-C-I-N-U-M. It's a homeopathic flu aid that if and when someone is presenting with cold or flu-like symptoms, you can take a couple tubes of this. It's like tiny little pellets. You dump the entire tube under your tongue. You let it dissolve. I found it's so powerful for helping somebody get over an illness quickly. But it's also cool to just take a tube of it once every two, three weeks, preventatively speaking. It's really mm-hmm. helpful. Um, and then on the other side of things, though, I don't. I'm not scared of illness. You know, so from the standpoint that like we can't prevent our kids from ever getting sick. It's just not realistic. So when they are sick, I I give my kids like tons and tons of vitamin support. Like, so everything I already just mentioned, I triple it. And then I throw in a couple other antiviral support things. I mean, of course it's easier when our kids can swallow pills because a lot of things come in capsules. If they can't, it's still easy enough to sometimes open certain capsules and mix them in applesauce or something for them. And I really just say like, 
certain illnesses are kind of good and almost healthy, almost healthy for the body because it's giving ourselves a chance to adapt and grow and it challenges our immune system so that it can develop stronger. Um, fevers are a good thing. I rarely recommend, there are some cases that are different, of course, but I rarely recommend that someone use a medication to lower their kid's fever because the fever is literally baking the virus or bacteria, whatever they have to death. And if we lower that artificially, the virus goes, yay, we can live a little bit longer. It's better in here now, as opposed Mm -hmm. to just letting them ride that out. Yeah. They might be a little bit more miserable for a few more hours, but at the end of it, it's going to make the duration of that cold or flu much less. Yeah. I've heard about that before too. And it just made, when your kiddo gets a fever, you're like, Oh, we got to get it. We got, it's got to go away. Cause you're worried about, yeah, if it's, it's a 99 or a 100 or even, even a 101, you're okay. Mm-hmm. But man, if it hits 102, I think a lot of us freak out. Yeah, it's very true. There's, there's a huge freak out when it starts to get too high. And then of course there's a concern of febrile seizures and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Most of the time febrile seizures are, well, first off, they are, tend to only happen when there's a quick spike. Like you literally go from 99 to 103 in like an hour, Mm -hmm. then that can happen. And even if it happens, they're not problematic. Of course you call who you need to call and get the support that you need, but they do not cause any brain damage. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of a myth to calm most parents fears that most kids are not going to have any severe damage from any of those kinds of things happening. Of course, Everything I'm saying is like said with a disclaimer, you know, this is not personalized medical advice or anything of that nature. Always go with your, uh, your provider for yes. specific in- intentions. But generally speaking, I find that there's a lot of other ways to help bring down that fever. So like if it starts to get super high, there's other homeopathic remedies, belladonna, ferrum phosphoricum, um, the Oslo we've already talked about. Um, and there's a system, I even mentioned this in the book, it's called the wet sock treatment. Have you ever heard of it? Yes. Have you ever done it? Yes. <laughs> How do you like it? <laughs> it's uncomfortable and it feels good at the same time. It's and it works and it works. And you're like, okay, I'm in bed with wet socks on. Mm-hmm. It's really awkward. So for anyone who hasn't heard of it, I can describe it. You basically take two thin cotton type socks, get them wet with cold water, wring them out, stick them in the freezer for 10 minutes and then put them on your feet and then put like a thick, dry pair of wool socks over them and go to bed. And it's actually not as miserable as it sounds. So like Jackie, you already kind of said that this didn't necessarily, it was weird, but also kind of at the same time, almost good. It pulls the fever out overnight. It's that contrast therapy that invigorates your nervous system and your immune system to act with more vigor, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And most of the time when I've done this, kids wake up the next morning and it never comes back. Well, it's just, it feels weird. First, you're like, okay, I'm freezing my feet. And then you put the wool sock on and then you're in bed with this. I don't like to wear socks, first of all. In you know, I mean, I don't think a lot of people do, right? Well, maybe some do, I guess. But I just, like I, my feet usually hang outside of the covers. You know, I don't, I'll tuck them back in if they get cold and then they're back out if I get warm. Um, but so having socks on is just kind of like, you. Uh, in bed in the first place, but it does, it does literally work. There is a really funny comedian, um, Joe Coy. Mm-hmm. He talks about Vicks vapor rub and how he, he was raised. His mom raised him like every Vicks fixed everything. 
And uh, I was raised pretty much the same way. I mean, you put it on your feet, put a sock over your foot, you know, you're just reminding me of these. Some of these are like old school remedies and, uh, and they still work, but we Mm -hmm. make things more difficult as parents sometimes. And we make it more complicated than it needs to be. And we freak out when we don't have to freak out. I mean, just, just as we sometimes have to go through stuff, our kids have to go through stuff too. And it's, I think it's so painful. Like I've had my kids have ear infections before and it's, it's painful watching them suffer. And just like we get a headache, we want to like our immediate go-to is, is stop the pain, take yeah. something that's going to make it comfortable. And life isn't like that. Sometimes we have to go through the crap. If I'm allowed to say that on here to get through it, you know, like I think there's some lessons in suffering. I think there's healing to be gone through when we let our body just like suffer through something sometimes. And, you know, that's of course said with a grain of salt, we, there's some things that we can do to help support and comfort certain things. But in that bigger picture, I don't, I'm not a big proponent of like always just taking away the pain because it's important for everyone to experience things. Yeah. Right. Build up a little bit of a tolerance too. Right. Mm -hmm. So getting back to, I I was, I forgot to ask you, we were on the the topic of the food and all of that. What are some of your favorite go-to family meals? that are going to help parents that are in this kind of busy time. Yeah. It's also interesting. We bring that up because I'm in the process of actually creating a recipe book of all my mm. family recipes. So I'm hoping that that'll be an ebook available sometime in the next couple months here. Um, and I'm actually having my oldest son participate in it because he likes writing and he loves to cook. That's actually something I should have said earlier too. And in in one of the secrets to helping kids eat healthy in general is helping make, make them a part of the process. Like since my kids were young, they would stand at the stove with me and throw in whatever I asked them to throw in. And now even my six-year-old can literally use a real regular knife and chop up vegetables if I ask him to. So starting them early in that sense and having them be a part of the process is always really cool. But yeah, Yeah, that's really good. We just had, uh, I just had Chella Diaz on the podcast episode 96, and she talks about that same thing, having them help cook, but also having them help shop. And she talks about teaching kids about money you know, how to teach your kids and talk to your kids about money. And she incorporates cooking and meal planning and all that into that's one of of the very first things that we can do. So if any listeners out there haven't heard that episode yet, my middle son is obsessed with money. He, he wants to know what everything costs and this and that he's, he's going to be like a financial planner or something. It's pretty funny to watch. So some of the family recipes we've come up with, I mean, I'll do, we're not vegetarian or anything like that. And some of the recipes in our arsenal, um, always can be modified. But like, for instance, I like to do stuffed peppers. Um, It's really fun. And I, like I said before, I add extra vegetables to everything. And so most people think stuffed peppers, okay, rice, onions, the pepper and the meat and the sauce. Um, Well, I chop up extra spinach and throw that in there. Recently, I've also started throwing in cauliflower rice in addition to the regular rice. And so I can use half as much rice and bulk up the other side with cauliflower rice and it's mixed all together. So no one notices so those are some of my little tricks. Um, other things like, so chicken Parmesan, I bread that with almond flour. Mm. Um, I'll use goat cheese instead of regular cow's milk cheese and lentil pasta instead of quote unquote regular pasta. It's a delicious, fantastic meal that the entire family loves. And it almost feels like a guilty cheek kind of meal, right. um, but it's really healthy. Now, those are some of the ones that when we have more time to actually cook and sit at home as a family, which does happen. We try to at least do that at least several times a week, but 
Um, like for instance, last night, my kids, uh, my one son had a baseball game and I would, what I had on the menu was leftover soup, which I'm like, well, we have to leave the house. You know how this is when your kids are in sports, you literally have to choose between eating dinner at four 30 or eating dinner at eight 30. Yeah. So, well, I really don't like either of those options, but what are you going to do? So we had to take my son to his baseball game. We dropped him off just before five. And I went with my other two, we had to run an errand and then we went to Chipotle and mm-hmm. they have some reasonably, you know, healthy food there. They're very conscious about the kinds of ingredients that they're using in their food. So something like that, or even a Panera, there's all, there are better fast food options available. And so we grabbed Chipotle, me and the other two sat and ate our food while we watched the game. And then he ate at eight o'clock in the car when we were on our way home. So not, of course, the most ideal. I also really like it when people are able to sit and be mindful and be really present with their food. It helps well, digestion. It's true. It helps digestion. It's, it's not always stuff, possible. But it's not realistic. And so <laughs> right. I think, you know, that's what, what I'm all about is, okay, yeah, there's the ideal and there's reality. Exactly. And, you know, sure, should we be, we shouldn't probably be loading up our kids with all kinds of activities and never have, but we need, I think it's our responsibility as a parent to do our best to plan and pre-plan when we can as much as possible and forgive ourselves when we were too lazy or too just like, I'm not doing this on Sunday and I'm, you know, it's, it's not happening. And then we punt and then yes, every now and then we have a McDonald's or whatever else, but it's not uh, something like regularly. So, you know, quick and easy things that you can get into your kids before they're doing the sport because it is mm-hmm. going to matter on how well they yep. perform, but also just their muscles, their fatigue, exactly. their energy level, their everything, right? Yeah. That's another thing I'll get from Trader Joe's Easy is they've got really quick, easy, grass-fed meat sticks that they're they're prepackaged. They're simple. They've got a hell, uh, excellent ingredients. And they're a quick, easy go-to for my kids that are right, right before their, their sporting event or whatever. It gives them a surge of protein so that they have the energy and support for their muscles through whatever they're going to be doing. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Love it. All right. Let's talk a little bit about, we'll segue into the um, importance of self-care and the impact Mm -hmm. on raising kids. So not just, it's not just all about what we're going to do for our kids, but it's also about how are we going to keep ourselves fed? Right. Yeah. So self-care is one of the biggest things. I, it's a, it's a dedicated chapter in my book because it's, I find it's so important mentally, emotionally, nutritionally, physically, like anything that we can do to fill our metaphorical cup. I know I'm sure you've had other guests on here that have talked about this, but it's just like, it's worth repeating a thousand times from the mountaintops because if we are not taking care of ourselves, there's nothing left for us to give our kids. If we aren't our best selves, if we're not resonating at our highest vibration, we're going to be more reactive emotionally. They have, they have a meltdown. They have something. We won't have the presence of mind to sit there and walk them through it. We're going to react too, which is going to make a bigger mess. <laughs> and so I really feel like from the mental, emotional side of things to even the nutritional side of things, it starts with us. Take your, like, and, and that looks, and self-care looks different for everybody. You know, like my version of self-care will probably look different than yours, but my system is I wake up, I do a little gratitude practice in the morning. I take a walk. I work out, I meditate, and then I'm ready to start my day. Then I'm ready to see human beings and be a part of their world. Certain days when that doesn't happen, because once again, life happens to us all. Like this morning, my routine was a little bit off. I still made sure that I got little bits in where I could. And because I generally have a practice of doing it before then, 
one day doesn't screw me up unless I do two, three, four days of screwing up, then yeah. I feel it. Right. It's harder to get back on track too. Even just being outside, I think is really important. I often talk about just like the seven best doctors of what we can do on a regular basis, not only to support our health, but support our kids and their sunlight, fresh air, good quality diet, of course, exercise, sleep, water, and joy. So if you keep those seven in your back pocket, if we have as much as we possibly can of all those seven, our health is going to be way higher than the average. We should have started out with that because everything (laughs) else would have kind of just fallen in line. Tell us a little bit about how you work with your patients, Christy. Obviously people, not everybody can come to see you in your clinic, but you do have the book. And um, how, how do you work with patients typically? Yeah. So when patients come into my office, I have a very, I have a big intake where literally, I mean, I'm a chiropractor. So frequently if somebody comes in and they say, I've got back pain or I've got neck pain or this, or that's a musculoskeletal complaint that we associate with chiropractic work. I find that there is almost always a deeper component to it. Someone falls down the stairs and they hurt themselves. Okay. That's really more of a primary structural issue, but more often than not, there's chemical issues, nutritional issues, emotional issues that are impacting how their body's manifesting this in a physical way. So we go through their history. We ask them about, you know, where's the pain and what's this, what's that. And then I even go deeper and ask, what was your mom's pregnancy like with you way back in the day? Like, let's help, let's learn more about who you are as a human being and your stressors and your job and your spouse and, you know, what traumas you may or may not have had growing up. Cause all these things are cells. Remember there's a great book called your body keeps the score. Yes, I have it right you heard on that my one? shelf. It's my, I my love face. it. Mm-hmm. Our cells remember stuff that we don't necessarily consciously remember. And our bodies can harbor these issues and manifest them whenever it decides and however it decides in the form of disease. And just like we talked about before with like, you know, just medicating away a kid's fever, we can medicate away our own pains and our own issues instead of getting to the root cause of them. So when I go through that issue or whatever they're dealing with with patients in the office, I'll go through a system called neuroemotional technique where we'll literally pull up, okay, if there's some anger or something present in your body right now, take it back through their energetic timeline, so to speak, and see when there was the first event where there was this issue correlated with different reflexes and meridians in the body, and then go through um, and clear it out of their nervous system in a physical kind of chiropractic semi way. And people have often said that using that system is like, like years of therapy in a few minutes. It can be really powerful with certain things. Um, Of course, I'll do that with my own kids too when they let me or I'll have them just go to other practitioners, but it's really amazing for kids too because adults, we have so many years of compensations and layers of drama and this and that piled on top of ourselves. When we work with kids, it's like they're so much more fresh and so much easier to liberate these things off their backs if we can do that early on. Yeah, totally agree. That's awesome. And I think our kids of today are going to have it so much better than we did because oh, yeah. you mentioned the body keeps the score. I have it right here sitting by yes. my little gold finch on my, it's just my go-to and, and uh, a lot of that has to do with um, my work with attachment, attachment disorders and trauma and, you know, like we our body harbors a lot of things and we we know it at a cellular level, even when we don't know it at a logical or cognitive kind of, kind of level. So um, yeah. So love that book. All right. Well, any final thoughts to share with us on holistic parenting? Yeah. I mean, 
like I've said it before, I come from the standpoint of like the triad of health, structural, chemical, and emotional. And if you think of it like a triangle, if you, if you take any one of those sides away, the whole thing collapses. And so I think our job as parents is to number one, take care of ourselves in that self-care concept so that we show up in the best possible, the way that we can for our kids in all three of those areas and then support them in all those three areas. And I've started to come to my kids every day and ask them three questions after school. I ask them, what's one thing that you've done today that you can, that you're proud of that we can acknowledge you for? What's one thing that you failed at that you learned from? And what did, what was your big take home today as far as what you learned? And they've started kind of liking these questions. The failure question is a harder one for them to get a hang of, but we're working on it. And the emotion, like, so we talked about nutrition a lot. Nutrition plays such a huge role in how mentally and emotionally balanced we are. Mm-hmm. If our blood sugar's off and out of whack, we're going to feel it, right? Yeah. Same thing. And it kind of goes both ways. And so really just supporting our kids from that standpoint. And then from the work that I do standpoint, I, you know, if anyone is ever interested, I, I do do remote work. Um, so it's, it's a little different, of course, because I can't do any physical adjustments, but some of the emotional and energetic work, I can do long distance. I've got patients all over the country that I can help. Awesome. Perfect. So you're there for everyone. You also have your book coordinating the chaos and that's through birth and burnout. Ultimately, there's probably going to be a series because let's face it, the chaos doesn't end after the first year. <laughs> Absolutely. And you're going to join our next compilation book, which will be coming out next year, early next year. So you're going to have a chapter in that. I'm so excited to have you join us for the next, next version. You also have a YouTube channel called Dr. Christy Cares, and that's where you're sharing videos with secrets on living a naturally healthy life. So lots more that parents can learn uh, by going to your YouTube channel. I'm going to have all your links in the show notes so that people can reach out to you and uh, grab your book, follow you on LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook. You are everywhere. I try. It's really hard, though. I'll be honest. It is really hard. I hear you. I appreciate you being with me today. Thanks so much, Christy. And I look forward to partnering with you on other upcoming projects. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Jackie. This was a blast and I look forward to our future too. Thank you for tuning in to the No Problem Parenting Podcast. Join Jackie next time for more tips, tools, and resources that will help you become the confident leader your kids crave you to be. Who do you know that we could support on their parenting journey? Like this podcast, subscribe, share, or leave a review of the show. Your support of the No Problem Parenting Podcast pays it forward and helps us help more families.